Welcome to the 5-Minute Bible Study Podcast. This ain't your grandma's podcast. Well, Happy New Year, and welcome back to the 5-Minute Bible Study Podcast in 2023. This is actually March the 28th as I'm recording this introduction to this 26th episode of the 5-Minute Bible Study Podcast. As always, brought to you by 5MinuteBibleStudy.com. Go check it out. I have a few more articles, a few more resources since the last time that I did an episode. It has been long overdue. A lot of stuff has come up over the last several months, and so I've been a little slow. And then once I have had opportunity to record, I just haven't gotten back on the horse. So this is to getting back on the horse and trying to get more episodes out there. Thanks to all of you that have remained interested, listened to the podcast, shared it, and been telling me you're looking forward to new episodes. In this episode, I have a treat for you. As you might already know by this point, there is a guest, David Jordan, from San Antonio, Texas. This was originally recorded about a month ago when David was holding a gospel meeting at the Chapel Grove Church of Christ, where I preach, um, just now getting it edited and all spliced together. Our conversation lasts for about 35 minutes as we talk about how to evangelize, and David shares some of his expertise on this matter as he is very good at personal work, one-on-one evangelism. And so if you're interested in this topic, he's the guy to listen to. We will have a word from our sponsors next, and then we'll get into the main dish with David. Coming right up. Summer is on the horizon. That means beaches and sunshine will be in full effect, as well as an interesting phenomenon that researchers finally think they have an answer to. It's quite curious, but Homo sapiens have been observed to experience somewhat of an amnesia-type effect in the warmer months of the year. It's quite common for them to forget to put clothes on when going outdoors. Exactly what causes this rather bizarre bout of amnesia is still being researched. Some scientists believe it's the species' animalistic instinct to attract a mate for procreation, but most have determined there is not logical explanation how such intelligent creatures could all of a sudden forget to put clothes on when leaving the indoors. Regardless of the cause, there's a new app system that's been developed by researchers called Outfit Alert. This app alerts you whenever you leave the house to put clothes on. Don't forget to activate your phone notification feature or the app won't work, and you may find yourself in Walmart with next to nothing on like all the other heathen creatures at large. Download Outfit Alert today and start wearing clothes starting today. You can find this app in your local app store. This is a fake app. It really isn't available in your local app store. Neither do you need such an app. Just put some clothes on, please. Sincerely, your local preacher. Okay, we're back on the main dish. This is the first episode of 2023, and I have with me uh, guest David Jordan. David is here from San Antonio, Texas. He's actually holding a series of meetings here at the Chapel Grove Church of Christ, where I preach, um, starting tonight all the way through Sunday, February 10th through the 12th. David, why don't you say hello to everybody and tell them a little bit about yourself. All right, Aaron, I want to thank you for having me here on this podcast. My name is David Jordan. I'm actually from San Antonio, Texas. Uh, I've been a member here of the Church of Christ since 2001. And I would say that uh, during my journeys here uh, with the Church of Christ, uh, it's been adventurous and it's most definitely been a journey of knowledge. Uh, For me, it surely it was an awakening for me around 2001 um, when I had a brother by the name of George Batty. Who Who, who is that? I don't know. What's your last name? (laughs) Uh, Must be some distant relative (laughs) I I don't know about. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right, right. 
but uh, who revealed the truth of God's word. And I would say I'm, I've been most thankful for that. But also within this journey, there's been a lot of growing. And I would say that your your journey with the Lord doesn't end uh, when you're first or saved. That's just the very beginning and we're called to grow. So uh, my journey with the Church of Christ uh, is one that I'm thankful for. And that's why we're here on this podcast. Uh, that's why we're here for the gospel meeting is to proclaim God's truth and to get people to have their eyes enlightened. That's what that's the desire of God. That's the desire of God. I, last year, no, was it last year? Um, we kind of reacquainted ourselves with each other. It had been some time. I got to see you at the uh, New Year meeting in Mississippi. That must have been two years ago. I don't know. I lose track of time. But anyways, um, I had vague memories of you from when I was a kid, and you'd come down and s- study with my, my father, um, same George Batty. And just since I reacquainted myself with you, just got a zeal to share the gospel. And I thought when I Somebody had submitted a question a while back. They said, could you do a podcast episode on evangelism? I thought, there's one man I want to have on the podcast talk about evangelism. And finally, got a good opportunity to do it. So we're going to get into some uh, methods and some tips and some um, personal takes that you got here today. Okay, okay. Well, I hope to add to the value for sure. So lots of different people listen to this podcast, different types of people. Um, I would consider myself, in terms of types of people, um, really, truly more introverted. You may not believe that, but uh, maybe so. Anyways, I have to sometimes make myself want to go out and go into the world, right? Um, not everybody's like that. Some people are more extroverted. And so just we're trying to talk to different types of people out there. And what would you describe yourself as? Well, well, for me, uh, if the question was posed, am I an extrovert or introvert? I, I'm most definitely not an introvert. I'm someone who I like to talk to people. You ask my wife, she says, hey, I got, he, he can talk. But at the same time, I think everyone likes to talk about something. Yeah. And I think if you can get if you can have a rapport with someone that likes the same things as you, there's a good chance both are going to be having a take on perhaps what they want to say or what they believe about that particular subject. So I think when it comes to the Bible, I always tell, I always tell people the Bible is not boring. If you think the Bible is boring, it is because you haven't investigated the word of God. So I think for me, obviously I'm, I'm a people's person. I like to go and reach out to the community, but my advice to those who uh, maybe kind of, you know, that's not something that's one of their strong suits. I would say, Hey, you know, when you're talking to someone and you want to kind of express the gospel of Jesus Christ, you don't first talk about the Bible. You know, in First Corinthians chapter nine, Paul says he became I became all things to all people that I might save some. And so I have to find that that report. I'll give you an example. I remember uh, one day I was at a corner store and uh, in San Antonio, there's corner stores popping up and they're called Quick Trip. I don't know if y'all. Oh yeah, Quick Trip has Quick the trip. best coffee of any oh, gas station. I don't know, I know about of. the coffee, but their egg rolls are good. They got good service too. Oh good, yes, oh, good, yes. good place. And the, the thing about it, they are quick. Oh yeah, oh they get you in and out, right? Uh, but I will say, I remember walking up to Quick Trip at one time, and there was a black guy who was on a Harley Davidson. On the Harley Davidson, on the muffler, he had. I can do all things. Oh, see, <laughs> come on. Yeah, you're laughing now. See, this is too easy. So does David know anything about Harley Davidson's? Absolutely nothing. But one thing I can say is, man, that bike is nice. Yeah. You see, I didn't come talking about I can do all things through Christ Jesus. No. Hey, man, that bike is not. Uh, hey, man, you want to sing on the See, I only started with an easy, easy 
hey, breaking the ice of, hey, hey, can, hey, I like your bike. And now he's allowing me sit on his bike, start the Harley, do oh, all man. the. Okay, then what goes from that? Hey, man, why don't you come out? To, see, now. Hey, man, have you found a good church home? See, now I've broken the ice. He's let me sell on his own Harley, his bike. And so a lot of times it's it's not, hey, I have to know 100 scriptures. No, it's just a, really a pleasantry. Hey, man, that's a nice bike. Hey, hey, you know what? Well, hey, I, I like what your hat says right there about people walk around with, hey, God is my Savior. It's too easy. Hey, man, I like your hat from right there. Hey, have you found a good church home? Hey, do you like to have Bibles? It is sometimes the simple things that lead to salvation. And what I just learned is that you can start a Harley through Christ who strengthens me. Is that what I was I supposed to take it from that? <laughs> well, I still don't like to start a Harley, but uh, he let me start his, so he showed me for sure. But, uh, I mean, I would say for most, you know, it's not about going up there and being the best orator or, or you know, I got to give, you know, the, the, uh, an hour sermon. No, it's not that. It's sometimes just, just simply saying, hey, you know, hey, what's your name? How you doing? And starting a conversation. That gets the point across. Thing. I, I definitely believe that you are a extrovert for sure. And I agree with your wife. You do like to talk. But oh, yes. I find myself liking to talk when I'm around you. So I feel like you kind of rub <laughs> off on people. So, and that's not a bad thing. Right. Um, are there days when you wake up um, and you just don't feel like being your extroverted self? Or, you know, what? Hit me. Well, I will say this. You know, I am one who likes to talk to himself. I'm not crazy, <laughs> but I do talk to myself. And there are things that I'll say. On a random basis, I tell my wife, you know, we got to go get them. And my wife's like, we'll get now when I say it, she understands. And sometimes I'll, what I mean by that is, hey, you got to go get them. They're not going to, there's nobody knocking on my door, calling my, my phone. Yeah. Asking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. You got to go get them. And so for me, no, I'm one that I, I feel that the, the job of a preacher, as it says there in Romans chapter 10, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Glad yeah. tidings. Oh, your, your shoes are beautiful, man. Your sandals, they're beautiful. And I, and I told a preacher once by the name of Marcus Ayers, I said, man, when uh, at the time he was a full time preacher there, at Virginia Beach uh, for our local congregation. And I told him, I said, man, you have the most important job in the world. If no one is doing your job, this world is coming to an end. It's going to stop spending on his axles. And so for me, uh, I, I take that approach that, man, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ is a beautiful thing. But I do understand for some how, you know, hey, you know what? It, it, it may become a job. You know, I'm only in my first year going into my second year. Uh, how about those brethren that have been preaching for 30 years? And sometimes I think about that. And are there days where they feel like, hey, you know, I, I, I'm not in my 20s anymore. Yeah. I'm not in my 30s anymore. Uh, they've experienced more rejection than I have. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so I, I most definitely can understand how it could be frustrating or it could even be uh, discouraging. But at the same time, um, I, I think you got to add new lures to your tackle box, man. You know, you, some of the things that I may have worked 20 years ago or some of the things that I may have worked five years ago may not be catching so many fish these days. So I think the challenge for I think all preachers or not even just preachers of those who are in the church is to try to come up with a scheme. And it's not a scheme, but a way by which I can catch people and I can get people to kind of even desire to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's kind of my take on that. I like that fisherman analogy. I mean, they, today we catch fish very differently than they did back in the first century, right? Oh, yeah. So always updating the tackle box. I like that. Yeah. So you mentioned, uh, you know, sometimes older preachers might be more used to rejection later in life or whatever like that. What about just rejection in general? Um, 
you know, I'm sure if you, I know for a fact, just talking with you, that people reject you. Oh, yes. uh, if you preach oh, yeah. the gospel, people are going to reject you. Yes. You know, I know that as well from personal experience. So yes. it, that can be very discouraging for somebody, especially if they've, you know, maybe just, just been baptized into Christ and they have two or three conversations and all of a sudden uh, they get rejected, rejected, rejected. How do you deal with that? And what would you say to somebody else that, you know, is experiencing this right now? Well, I, I used to be of the take where, you know, I was trying not only to plant the seed, I was trying to water the seed and I was trying to increase. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think when and I had to realize that I'm not God. God is the one that gives the increase. And sometimes David is just sometimes I am the one that's planting the seed. And so I may be the first to come on the scene to someone in their life or uh, in the conversation that I'm planting that seed. OK, and. Maybe it may take an errand. It may take my wife. Uh, it may take another brother or sister to come and water that seed. And you know what? David needs to be content with that. But sometimes in my just within my Christian career, I have seen I've planted, I've watered, and I actually got to see God give me it. Man, that's a blessing. But that's not that's not what preaching is. And sometimes it's enough for David to go and say, hey, I've left this table. No one has believed, but yet the seed has been sown. Yeah, it's been sown. Um, I, I would say this. There is a, a scripture, a passage of scripture here in Acts chapter 17. And this this passage really helped me to understand uh, the heart of the Apostle Paul. Now, listen here. All right. The Apostle Paul had a custom. And I don't think there's any evangelist or preacher or uh, teaching of the word of God uh, who can do it more effectively. All right. Uh, with, with with passion as the Apostle Paul. Look at Acts chapter 17, uh, verse one there. Look at this custom that Paul had. It says, now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Aphonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them. And for three Sabbaths, reason with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus, whom I preach to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and a great multitude of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. Paul's custom here, according to Acts chapter 17, verse one, he went into the synagogues and he reasoned. Now, in this in this context, he reasoned for three weeks, for three Sabbaths with the people. And I think sometimes we need to understand we need to go to religious organizations where religious people gather and we need to reason with them. We need to study the scriptures with them. But the key word here was this was a custom. This is something he did on a regular basis. I want to give you another passage of scripture. Same chapter. Look at verse 16 here. <laughs> It says, now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over the idols. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews. That's our scripture there in Acts chapter 17, verse one. And with the Gentile worshipers and in the marketplace daily with those who happen to be there. You see, I need to sometimes go to places like my dear brother Aaron here. He just took us to a coffee shop and he gets free coffee every day. So when you get to hang out with Aaron, you get free coffee, right? Well, that's not exactly right, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But he's doing that and he's going and he's reading his Bible, not at home, but he's going to the marketplace so that he may catch some by chance. And so I need to take I need to be of the same custom. I need to go to religious organizations and I also need to go to places where I may perhaps catch people by chance. 
But if I'm sitting at home, um, if I'm on, you know, I, I'm just I'm just on the computer all day. Hey, I, I'm just at home reading my Bible. Hey, uh, I mean that that's a good thing, right? You may be studying, you may be getting uh, your, your tools sharp, but you gotta go where they are at, or you have no chance. Being intentional. That's right. And so Paul had a custom. And I think not just for the preacher, uh, for our brothers and sisters, you have to have a custom and that custom works. It works. Yeah, it did for Paul. It did for Paul. I find myself a lot of times, um, even if I'm not in the mood, you know, maybe to talk to somebody, it's on my mind still. And, and that kind of, you know, gnaws at me. And I feel like um, we should all at least we should all have a, a fervor or at least a, a sense of conscience that we, we know we ought to be talking the gospel with people all the time. And if, and if that stays there, then there's hope. But if we lose that, then man, that's, I feel like that's the death of not only our spirit, but the local church. Amen. Amen. We have to have a zeal for it, but also, you know, there's a such thing as being a wise rebuker to an obedient ear. And I think sometimes just to beat people over the head with the Bible, David used to do that. I used yeah. to be that man. Oh, believe me. And I, and I walked away feeling great. Like, hey, I did the will of God. But guess what? It wasn't effective. It's not effective. And so one thing I've learned is, hey, man, what, what did the Apostle Paul do? Because if, if I can imitate him as he imitates Christ, man, I may be able to win some. Yeah. And this man won many. I'm not even close to him. So it's really some for me. Um. I guess one of the scenarios I had in my head was if somebody you share the gospel with them, and I think you, I'm not going to give example. You, you gave me an example last night. I'm not going to um, ask you to maybe give an actual example in case somebody were to listen or something and be like, oh, okay. that was me. Okay. But let's just say, uh, you know, they reject you on spot and they start maybe mocking you or maybe just saying you're a false teacher or no, um, that's not what the Bible says and you're wrong and that kind of stuff. Um, how do how do you keep from taking that personal? Because I know a lot of people, it's hard for them not to take that personal. Um, what are your what's your take on that? Okay, well, there's a couple of things here. Uh, in Matthew chapter five, Jesus here gives us we have the beatitudes. We understand that, uh, but there's also something that Jesus gets into here toward the end here. And in Matthew chapter five, let's pick up the verse here. We'll start here from verse ten. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for the so they persecuted the prophets who are before you. Uh, I'm not doing anything new. And when you're preaching the truth, you're going to have those who are persecuting you. Those who are saying in this verse uh, things falsely. But yet I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus, that means I'm doing something right. If everybody is in line with what I'm saying, there's a good chance you're not yeah. preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when I feel like, hey, I'm being persecuted, hey, they're saying things falsely, you know what you need to do? You need to count it all joy, James chapter 1. Uh, you need to rejoice. Uh, you're going to receive a great reward for that because you're preaching the word of the kingdom. And, and we need to remember that. that these are the words of our Christ. We need to remember these things. Amen. Okay. Well, very good. Um, with all that being said, and you've shared some principles already about evangelism. I mean, you've kind of dropped a seed here and there already. But what do you believe are some important principles 
um, that everybody should remember keeping their back pocket when they're going out there to to evangelize. All right. So there's a passage of scripture here that I want to that I want to share. This is actually in Colossians here. Um, to be honest with you, the Apostle Paul was a three trick pony. And what do I mean by that? My man had three tricks. Now, they were good. They were real good. All right. And, and I want you to we're going to pick up here in Colossians chapter one. We're going to pick up here from verse 28. Colossians chapter one, verse 28. And now we're looking for these three tricks here from the Apostle Paul. He says, him we preach, warning every man, number one, and teaching every man, number two, in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor striving according to his uh, to his working, which works in me mightily. So when the Apostle Paul came across someone, the first thing he understood he had to do was he had to warn this man. This man had to understand he is not saved. That's what warning. Hey, if I came and I saw you, Aaron, and I said, hey, man, uh, we're, we're here at this table, but you, you see my backside and I, I, I kind of watching your back. Uh, the, the door is open and there's someone here that is pointing a gun. If I could give you warning. Hey, bro, you're, you're in a bad state here. Uh, in other words, people need to understand that they are in a position of Let's let's just call it uh, unsatisfactory with their God. OK, so how do you do that? And so what I do is when I talk to people about the gospel, I never share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. Not on the onset. I'll allow them to tell their tell me their gospel. Hey, because most people here in America, I've never been to Africa. I never evangelized. But most people here in America, they believe they're, they're Christians. Most people I come across, they are they believe in God. And for the most part, they believe they're Christians. So what do I need to do? If that's not, I need to find out, have they been saved or have they obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ? So a lot of times I go out and I just I have a conversation and say, hey, are you a Christian? And most people say yes. And I say, wait, well, what did you do when you obey when you obeyed the gospel? Like, well, let let me say it like this. Let me give you another scenario. If I came and I simply asked you, what must I do to be saved? What would you tell me? Do you know I've never met anyone who said I'm not everyone wants to share their testimony? Everybody, that's a hundred percent. Hey, what did you do? And and men or women, young or old, and they sit there and tell me whatever is a vision or a dream or whatever. And so I let them tell me their gospel, and I, I I try to always make sure I fully understand what they're saying about what must I do to be saved. Now I will say this, uh, man, about eighty percent of the time, when people are telling me how they were saved, they go to Romans chapter ten, verse nine. And when they go there, now I fully understand. And so after after I already know I have all their testimony and I'm listening to every word, because remember, the first thing I have to do is give warning to this man. He says him we preach. So I'm, the first thing I have to make sure he understands the state by which you're in is not is unsatisfactory. You're not safe. So if I can't get people to understand their condition, how can you preach him? And so uh, after they preach their gospel and most times they go to Romans chapter 10 or a sinner's prayer, however you want to say it, I'll ask a simple question. Oh, man. OK, so are you saved before baptism or after baptism? And most people say you're, I'm saved before. And when they say that, now I preach him. And after preaching him, I, I, I compare their gospel to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when they are different, then now here comes the warning. Well, are you saved according to the scriptures? And when they say yes, no, remember what you told me, your gospel, you preached that to me first. And you told me, no, you could be saved before baptism. See, now what we're going to do, 
And so when people understand the warning, now he says, him we preach, warning every man. Then he says, teaching every man. Now when they accept that warning, now we need to add some things to your life and take away some things. And that goes to Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you and law with you always to the end of the age. Now they're able to receive the teaching because they've, they've accepted the warning of the gospel. And that being baptism. And so then after that, now it says presenting every man perfect. And that word there it just means to be mature. And so now, you know, when you're first dealing with someone and they're baptized, they receive the warning and they're baptized. Now you, there's labor pains, man. There's going to be many phone calls coming. There's going to be many questions coming because now they're in that growth process. But there will come a time where those phone calls will start to become less and less because now they're growing more and they're understanding some things now now they're starting to stand up a little bit and now oh eventually they go from the milk to the meat and now they become mature in christ you know what i can i can cut them off now now you go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father son and the holy spirit you see the apostle paul was a three trick pony i got the first two warning teaching <laughs> What was the third one again? And presenting every man perfect in Christ Jesus. In other words, that's where you're trying to get that person that now has received the warning. That's the baptism. Now they've learned the teachings. Now they've come mature. That's what you're trying. That, that's who we want to present to our God is mature Christians. I got you. One of the tips that we've been talking about um, that I've kind of picked up from you and you alluded to it just then you talked about you don't share the gospel with them. You let them share uh, their gospel with you first. Um, I really like that. I found myself, um, I found myself not following that method. And, uh, I, some of the conversations you've shared with me, I'm ready to take it out and try to put it into application. <laughs> got a new shiny lure, man. Yeah. He's like, I get it out in the water. That's right. That's you got right. me licking my chops Amen. right now. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, there was another one we, we were just talking about at the coffee shop, actually. Um, what was it? Oh, your question. You, you just mentioned it. Um, you, you ask people, are you happy with the church you go to? Is that the question? Yes. So there are times where just simply asking a simple question of, hey, have you found a good church home? That's the one. Mm -hmm. Specifically, because you know, I've asked a lot of people, like, where do you go to church? But that's the way you worded it. It's such a small tweak, but it's so significant. Um, are you satisfied? Have, have Say you, one more time. Have you found a good church have, home? Have you found a it's good a loaded church home? question. That's <laughs> yeah. right. It's loaded because it allows people to say, you know what? I'm not so happy with where I am. It's not so good. Or sometimes, you know what? I've been looking. I haven't. I literally just moved here and I haven't even found. Oh, and so it gives it gives room uh, for people to kind of open up rather than say, yes, I have. Yeah. No, yeah. No. So like when I say, you know, you go to church anywhere, they say, sure. And that they more or less sound like they're pretty happy with it, but they may not be. And so right. if you ask it like that, that really opens up the door for a lot more discussion, oh, maybe yes. oh, opportunity. Yes. And there, you know, there was a conversation that happened in John four and Jesus simply asked this woman for a cup of water in <laughs> yeah. the whole city of Samaria. <laughs> yeah. Got any water? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yes. Oh yes. Um, I like that. I like that three part breakdown in Colossians one there. Um, any other tips that you have besides, like, you know, those two that you share with me there, the, um, letting them preach their gospel. And then are you, are you happy with your church home? Uh, those are two really good ones. Right. Um, I would say that, you know, uh, being a fisher of men is trial and error. You know, my dad, he's a fisherman. Um, 
I just happen to be his son, but I'm not considered a fisherman. Yeah, I know I could, you know, do a knot. I know I could set a hook. I know I do all these things, right? But my dad and my brother, no, those are fishermen. And one time I went out with my dad, and we, he has a boat. My dad is part of a boat club, and we went out and caught nothing. And came back, he said, it's not biting today, son. Okay. And I believe him. But when I get back to shore and I see other boats coming in, they're cleaning their fish. <laughs> they didn't go to H-E-B. They're not cleaning their bait. They're cleaning their fish. And I was offended. And I went to my dad <laughs> and I said, Dad, like, what's going on? Like, we're looking at their fish. And he said, hey, hey, Dave, they call this fishing, not catching. I said, what? <laughs> and I understand that now. Just because you go fishing, you're not guaranteed to catch anything. It's called fishing, not catching. And sometimes you'll catch, and sometimes. And I was like, you know what? We're good. I got it. And so I understand that it's going to be some trial and error. There are going to be some things that I say, and you know what? Eh, it doesn't work. That didn't work. I'm gonna tweak it a little bit, and and you know, it's it's not. There's not a template, you know, because everybody's different. But the things that I do, I understand. You know, I can always make it better. Even the things I think I know now, nah, it can always be better. And so that's kind of the mold that I'm in is how can I make this gospel or as it says there and we'll read this. This is in Second Corinthians. Chapter 12. And I love this word. This is this has really helped me um, to try to understand some things here. This is in Second Corinthians chapter 12 here. <laughs> Look at verse 14. The Apostle Paul says, now for the third time, I am ready to come to you and I will not be burdensome to you for I do not seek yours, but you for the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. Oh, uh. and so I have to understand, you know, with the Apostle Paul here, uh, he says, you know, the parents ought not to lay it for the children, but the children for the parents. What? He says, the more abundantly I love you, the more I spend, the less I'm loved. Uh, in other words, man, this gospel of Jesus Christ, it's going to spend a lot of my time. It's going to take up a lot of my. It, it, it requires me to be diligent and fervent in love for the lost. But you know what? At the end of the day, there's going to be a whole lot of people loving me less. A whole lot more. The more abundantly I love, man, the less I'm loved. Until I understand that, uh, I keep going. Yeah. I keep going because I understand the, the, the rules to the engagement. This is what I'm called to do. Amen. So those are just some of my thoughts, man. Like you have to I have to be able to persuade people. I have to use love. And that's what God does every day. He is. It says, "When one sinner repents, all those in heaven things to rejoice." All that work for one person, for one sinner, one. Yes, Th that's what we're called. God does it. We're not doing anything different than what God has already been doing. So, oh, very good. Thanks for sharing those. Um, with all that said, you know, and, and you talked about just kind of going back a little bit to updating the tools in your tackle box and all that. Yeah. So I guess uh, coming full circle now, as we kind of wrap up and draw to a close, um, used to be kind of the thing to do was to go door to door, knock on doors. Mm -hmm. um, that's become more and more infrequent, even with Jehovah's Witnesses mm -hmm. uh, since 2020. Mm -hmm. um, there's 
just the average old personal conversation that you can that you've alluded to sharing uh, Bible, bringing up the Bible or, or God in the conversation. There's there's now there's digital marketing ads on things like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, those types of things. Um, there's lots of different methods, obviously, that you can go about evangelizing, and it's not always face to face, but uh, what, what's your thoughts about these kind of newer avenues that are out? Uh, and then there's just the good old-fashioned uh, door-to-door or just the personal conversation. What do you think is the best surefire method in your book to go out and evangelize? All right. Well, there's a brother by the name of Vince, Vincent. He's back home. I can say his name. It's okay. I'm saying something good, so it's all right. <laughs> and this brother, he is actually a manager at Walgreens. He's my age. He's young. Right. A little longer than I am. And um, he's about to be the director. Like he's about to have his own store. Right. And so he's really moving up the chain. And he said, hey, you know, Dave, the one thing that they keep preaching to us is if you don't adapt, you die. I'm going to say it again. If you don't adapt, your business is going to die. I don't care how long the Walgreens brand has been in the game. It it ain't about what we did. It's about where is the trend going and are we keeping up with the Joneses kind of speak here. All right. For what's working. And so I understand now today, you know, we have the door knocking and we have the go. No going out two by two i think there's a place for that like you know we're having a gospel meeting and i'm pretty sure that there was some door knocking going on or i've been to other gospel meetings and that's taken place uh, at my home congregation we've had gospel meetings and we did the door knocking but if that's the only thing i'm putting my hat on that ain't gonna get the job done and so i think there is a place for tiktok and for twitter and for facebook and for all these other different platforms digitally because people are everyone has a cell phone Everyone's looking at looking at these platforms, whether good or bad, whether it's about religion or sports, whatever it is, the, it's catching their eye. And, 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 you know, and especially with some of the platforms where it's kind of in and out, where it's like, man, you know, got five minutes. People are into that quick stuff. You know, they see, oh, the summer's an hour. They're not looking at that, yeah. you know, unless they're in the religious things. But the most part, you know, the most common way, man, it's not they're not going into all that stuff. You know, unless they feel like the subject is interesting. So I think there is a platform for that. But for me personally, what I would say to that is and I'm not as, you know, studious when it comes to the technology field and and all these things like uh, our dear brother Aaron here has his own podcast. Right. But I would say that for me, um, when I stopped working and I became a full time preacher, I understood that I, I need to have a platform by which I can reach people. And so what I did was I said, hey, you know what? I got involved with organizations that reach out to the community naturally so that I'm exposed and I have the opportunity to talk to people in the community apart from, uh, hey, I'm a Christian or, hey, I'm a preacher. And that I think the best way you can naturally reach people with the gospel, in my opinion, is is in a natural setting. Hey, you know, I'm at the grocery store. I'm at the marketplace, Paul. He says, hey, I go to the marketplace so I may catch people by chance. Hey, I'm just going to a religious organization and I'm not, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm anybody and I'm just listening to the sermon and they're going to come to me naturally and say, hey, did you like the sermon? Hey, have you, they're going to ask me, have I found a good church? Oh, do I like here? It's, now I have the opportunity. And so the Bible says there, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are the household of faith. And there are many opportunities for preachers. I'm talking for my wife, for everybody within their sphere of influence. The question is, are you wise enough rebuker to work your sphere of influence? Everyone has one. Everyone. 
And that's what we're called to do. Yeah, absolutely. I've told people for a while, and this is telling myself too, um, you know, there's people in your life that are in your sphere of influence. And if it's been two, three years and you've not shared the gospel with them, it's time to share the gospel with them. Um, you know, this is just a, a prick to, to myself and to others. You know, if we find ourselves in that situation, um, sometimes there's, you know, you're looking for the perfect window and it just doesn't come and you just got to create, you know, you got to create it. Like you said, people aren't beating the door down asking you, you gotta, you gotta create opportunities. And that's the, you got to go get them, man. There's a passage of scripture here in Mark. I love this passage here. And we were familiar with this one. All right. Which chapter? Uh, this here is in. I'm sorry. This is in Matthew chapter nine. In Matthew chapter nine. And we're familiar with the verse here. Right. Look at verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his his harvest. And sometimes you think, oh, man, that, that harvest is in Africa. No, you know what? Your Africa is right here in the city you live in. Oh, man, it's overseas. No, your overseas is right here in the community that you live in. Uh, it's it, He says the harvest is ready, but there is a problem. The laborers are few. You know what? We need to pray. Hey, Lord, you know what? Help me to be one of those laborers. Because sometimes we say, oh, you know what? Oh, brother, so-and-so, he'll take care of it. Sister, so-and-so will take care of it, and your sphere of influence will be neglected day after day after day because he's working his sphere of influence. Are you working yours? And so I speak to myself. So I look at myself, and, and um, I just here started preaching, and I don't have the influence. I don't have the spirits of other preachers. I don't. But the spirit that I have, the question that I know the Lord's going to ask me is, have you given me a return on my investment? You see, we all can answer yes to that, whether it be one talent, two talents or five talents. It, it doesn't matter. We all we all God is asking us to double his investment. Or have I been lazy in the harvest? Well, that's good stuff, David. I appreciate you coming on. You've motivated me ever since you got here. And uh, I'm looking forward to the meeting starting tonight. Here's some good gospel preaching and um, iron sharpening iron like we've been doing all weekend. Oh, yes, that's it. Well, that will do it for the episode with me and David talking about evangelism. I hope that you learned something from it. hope that you enjoyed the episode. I'm going to try to put out more episodes coming up. We'll see how that goes. Stay tuned and stay subscribed to the 5-Minute Bible Study Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.